Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'm your host today. So great for you to be joining us. Here on the podcast, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. And so whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, or like we are right now from behind a screen, we hope that this podcast challenges you to choose the healthy way to communicate because when you do, it really does change your world and it really does change the world. Well, today I'm so excited because today we are diving into the importance uh, about talking about our finances. And so often we don't talk about them and we kind of we kind of ignore them. I, I just actually heard someone the other day say, I can't remember the percentage, but it was an actual percentage of people who never checked their bank account, never talked to their spouse about finances. So we're diving into this. And so many leaders, we even do this with organizations. We don't talk about our finances enough. And so whether you are struggling with finances, whether you're doing great with finances, we're going to talk about how important it is just to communicate with it. So does anyone really like to talk about it? I mean, some people do, but some people don't. And so why is that? We're going to jump into you know, the financial problems that can cause tension in relationships. And we're talking about how important giving is. And so today we just are so honored because we have a leader of a, just a fantastic organization who's on the podcast. And so we're joined by Darren Key, the CEO of Christian Financial Resources. We're going to dive into this conversation. He's a author of a great book called Quest. We'll talk about that more where he challenges you to go on in this incredible journey to become financially healthy. Well, Darren, thank you so much for being on the Speak With Well, podcast. thanks for having me, Jason. It's so exciting to be here and see what you're doing with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I just appreciate it. Well, before we jump into this, maybe you could just give us a little bit more of your background for our listeners who don't know you, your story, who you are, your family, all those kind of things. Yeah, I'll start with the family because uh, I've been married almost 20 years wow. and uh, have four kids, adopted my oldest son from Russia, oh, wow. uh, my oldest daughter from Kyrgyzstan, and then God bless us with biological twin girls with his sense of humor. <laughs> but that's actually how you and I first got to know each other that's was right. through our, our adoption. So yep. uh, our family started it up an adoption fund and we got to be a part of your great story too. So Just incredible. So yeah, so that's uh, my family, and then uh, I grew up in a little church just south of Kansas City, and a little small Christian church, about 65 people. I uh, went to the Little Apple, that's Manhattan, Kansas, for uh, Christian college, Manhattan Christian College, have a ministry degree there, and across the street is Kansas State University, and I have a finance degree from them. Uh, while I was in college, I preached at a little tiny rural church uh, north of Wichita, Kansas. I have two claims to fame. The church doubled. It went from 22 to 44 in my three years. Doesn't sound impressive, but there were only 100 people in the town. So I had 44% of the town coming to my church. Wow. And the other uh, crazy thing is uh, I have been ordained since 1995. I've done 13 weddings, but I have never done a funeral. So when I say that to elders, they always want to hire me that nobody what? in my church ever died. <laughs> So then uh, right. I, after college, I went out to Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I served on the finance team there. Perfect timing. They were you know, doing a 110-acre property purchase, building wow. a 9,100-seat worship center, and got to be a part of that capital campaign loan, real estate transaction, got my MBA at the University of Louisville. And then in 1997, I came down here to Orlando, Florida, and have been here at the Ministry of Christian Financial Resources. Wow. Wow, that's a that's quite a legacy and and uh, just awesome to hear. So so many things I I want to just pause real quick on. So so you're very excited then about Sunday night. That's right. With, so uh, the Kansas I don't know City when Chiefs. this is posting, but uh, we're will, hoping it's a, that's a winning. True. It will be post. It will be post Super Bowl. But that's yeah. right. So go Chiefs. That's right. 
that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I didn't realize that you were at Southeast uh, a couple years ago. I got the privilege of doing one of Bob uh, Russell's uh, pastor retreats. And wow, you oh, talk yeah. about just like pouring into, there's like six of us and he just, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a he life He is the thing. real deal. He's actually speaking here at the state of Florida ministers meeting this week. And we, we, wow. we love Bob. So. Wow. It's just incredible. I just love it. And again, you know, we adopted our son from China. You guys were a part of his story. And so he's mm-hmm. been home now for six years and, just, just doing great. So That's appreciate awesome. all the families you guys have helped. Well, today we're talking about money and talking about finances and talking about money. And it, it's so hard to communicate it sometimes. So Darren, I just thought we'd jump in. Like, why do you think so many people, even in households, but then leaders are also afraid to talk about or to communicate about finances? Yeah. So our ministry has been around since 1980 and we have funded about a thousand different projects and what we find is so often they the leaders of the nonprofits have never really been trained. Mm. You know, a lot of nonprofit leaders, whether they be uh, churches or schools or whatever, they just never received that kind of training to understand it. But, you know, one of the things that we try to encourage them is you have to realize you're leading an, an organization that you have people's livelihood that depends on it, and you need to understand it. And so so often I talk to pastors, for example, that they don't know what the weekly need is at their church. Wow. And, uh, you know, and they, and they need to understand that. So, so yeah, I think a lot of that is sometimes they don't understand it, they're intimidated by it, yep. uh, but uh, I, I do feel there's a lot more resources than there used to be. And I'm more encouraged with what I see today than I did in 1997 mm. uh, in, in churches. That's that great. People, there's a lot more materials out there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole lot of people who uh, listen to Dave Ramsey. And, exactly. Uh, he's got a pretty big, <laughs> pretty big following. Pretty big following, and he's 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 pretty opinionated about it. So yes, he is. People, That's right. uh, yeah, we were listening to podcasts on the way here about just uh, he's he keeps to those seven steps. Mm-hmm. Like he he just kind of just That's kind right. of rotates. What kind of uh, problems come up do you do you see in relationships when even marriage relationships when we don't talk about yeah. The finances. So obviously one of the critical reasons that, that people don't succeed in their marriage is a lack of communication, and most often it is about finances. Mm. Uh, and, and sometimes it's because two people came from two very different situations, one that's a spending and another that's a saving. Uh, sometimes it's just different expectations of yep. going in. Uh, I've seen it with personal friends and seen it as I travel the country speaking in churches all over the place that this is a, a critical issue that, that people deal with. But... But once again, I think there's a lot of resources out there that people can address that with. Yeah, absolutely. It's still amazing. I mean, you think about pastors of churches or even uh, business leaders who run organizations and not knowing some of those critical numbers. That's right. So I have a white paper actually on our website that uh, it's the one financial number that every church leader should know. And so one of the things I try to get elders and pastors uh, to think about is rather than have all these financial numbers that you maybe don't know, there's one number that's really key. It's the only number that would cause your organization to fail, and that's running out of cash. Right. And so if you if you always track what are your week's cash on hand, yep. we would say you ideally want to always keep that above 13 mm. uh, if you're leading a, an organization. And if you do that, then you, you know you're okay. But if you start to see that dip, then you got to start you know pulling levers. You know yeah. that might be increasing revenues in some ways. And there's different ideas we have there. Sometimes it's uh, addressing your expense side. And so that's helped some uh, elder meetings in some of our churches where they've said, you know what, that's a good point. We can uh, 
we can put that on our dashboard, just like we put baptisms in attendance and track right. that instead right. of everything else. It's so important. I um I did I didn't finish, but I I started an MBA when I still live in the Chicago area, and you know my third class was you know accounting, and then my fourth class was accounting. And, uh, you know, numbers were tough for me, but I'm sitting in this, this, this MBA class, which it was just a riot because at the time I was a junior high pastor, everybody in my class was sales person, sales executive, you know, this, and then it gets to me and I'm like, well, I work with students, but I'm listening, I'm learning these things. I mean, and some of these key numbers that leaders should know. And I thought, well, I did not get taught this in Bible college. <laughs> That's right. No, nobody told me that I, sh- I should know these, you know, these kind of things and to put them on my dashboard so I can keep a lookout, yep. you know, so our church, our ministry can keep flourishing and thriving and, you know, be able to do those things. Exactly. It's just so incredibly important. And I, I guess as families too, like we, we don't keep those numbers in That's our... Right. So we have stewardship steps. We try to walk families through. That's the first step that we talk with families is every family, every business, every ministry needs an emergency fund. Mm. And so for families, we really think that they need to always keep one month in their bank checking account, and then we would say five months in their savings. Uh, And so that's really critical so that they know that if they lose their job or the car breaks down or there's a, you know, maybe a big medical issue that they know they've got that cushion uh, there. Wow. Yeah, that's something. And for so many families, it's like that. I mean, it's it seems like such an unattainable goal to be able to do. That's right. And what we find is that you you know you have some things you sign up for that start hitting your your credit card every single month. And when people start to reevaluate some of those, they can save money. We've had some people we've encouraged, hey, sell some things in your garage and you know build up those reserves or pay down your debt, and that really is helpful. Well, I'm going to jump ahead in my questions here for a second, but you wrote a great book called The Quest. And there's actually a chapter on, you know, the dragon of debt. That's, and, that's right. And so it's just amazing, you know, we, we live in a day and age where, it, you know, you hear all different sorts of things about debt. You know, mm-hmm. that's good because, you know, it helps you do this and then that's horrible and then, you know, we can't do it. But, I mean, it's just amazing, you know, how many people are just stunted from being able to move forward because of all that debt. Yeah, so we would say in the book, you'll you'll see that there's three okay types of debt, is okay. how we word it, and then there's bad debt. Okay. And so we have a, a, a three-point test we use to say, is this that good or bad? So does the item go up in value? Uh, you know, like potentially a house is normally going to go up in value. Are you going to borrow more than what the value of the item is worth? Oh, that's not good. Or, you know, is it something that's going to put a strain on your budget? Because some people, they can what they do is they get house rich and cash poor because they get too much house. So when we put that three point test together, we would say there's really three things that we think are okay debt. So one would be an education Mm -hmm. can make sense. Uh, Secondly, we would say that sometimes investment business debt can make sense. Like you're opening up a new store or you're buying a rental property or something like that. We we think it could make sense there. And then thirdly, of course, is a house. Mm. And so other than that, and I know this is very counterculture, we don't believe in taking on debt, you know, that you, if you're not paying on your credit card every single month, you should have it paid off every month. You should have your car, we believe, paid with cash. Wow. And yeah. so I know that's very counterculture, but you implement that principle on debt, and it really will change things. And then debt will never be that bad dragon that I right. talk about in the book. And the freedom when yes. that dragon's not coming after you. Exactly. You know, it's just amazing. So let's go back for a second. So we're talking about... You know, being able to communicate it and, I mean, just even the marriage relationship, communicating, okay, we've got these financial goals. And so you talked about the first one being, hey, let's get let's get some of these, you know, uh, funds. Like, so we have some security, emergency fund, you know, 
what other advice would you give married couples or, or even leaders on their own? Because I think it's amazing sometimes leaders, they try to go, you know, wherever business they're in. So maybe they are in sales or they're in insurance. And if they're not dealing or talking about their finances, they're taking it into their workplace because they're, they're carrying that yeah. weight. So what are, what are some other things, some other conversations that we yeah, should be so having Yeah, so on the communication finances? piece, we would say the first thing is, depending on where you're at, some people need to be having that very regularly, like monthly and things yeah. like that. But So I'll, I'll give you, a, uh, I do something very unique. My, my team here at the ministry makes a lot of fun of me. Uh, but every Valentine's Day, I get together with my wife, and we sit down and we look at our entire financial situation. And so it's a, it's a kind of an annual tradition now. And so we look at every single asset we have and our loan on our house and everything. And so she understands it because I pay all the bills and obviously I have a finance degree and an MBA. So I, <laughs> it's my world, my wife, that's not her world. Her, right. her degree is communication. She right. wants to talk to people. Right. Um, so we found that is very helpful for her to understand if anything was to happen to me, okay, I've got this list of stuff, and then I put like comments next to each line item. Hmm. And that way she knows if something happens to Darren, hey, these are steps that I should consider taking. Wow. And then and then the other way to address that I think that makes a lot of sense is when somebody does their estate plan, yeah. uh, whether it be a will or a trust, we like to see people also kind of put a love letter in there that says, hey, if something happens, hey, here's why I love you, but here's actual practical steps you need wow. to take because obviously they're overwhelmed when there's right. a loss of a loved one. So I think communication-wise, if you're in a situation where you have a lot of debt right now, sometimes you need to be every month sitting down together and you're talking it through and, okay, are we making progress? Yep. Uh, but if it's, uh, you know, maybe you're in a healthier situation, maybe it's an annual sit down or maybe you're even going to go to a financial advisor and do yep. that together yep. uh, or and then I think you need to have a plan if something happened to one of you mm. hey here's here's what we need to here's what needs to happen yeah so. well those situations never happen yeah. you know i years ago oh, oh 09 uh, i got a call uh, that our house was on fire wow and you know i was like ah it's probably just you know whatever and i pull in our neighborhood and there it is, you know, flames. It was January of 09. We lived in the Chicago area, so it's freezing. Flames coming out of every window. And uh, at the end of that day, you know, we lost everything. I mean, we I think we kept, we were able to keep like two totes of stuff, but we had four little kids at the time, everything gone in one day. And you're, you're standing there thinking, this is supposed to happen to me. Like those kind of things don't happen. We didn't talk about this. Right. And we didn't do the hard work. We were just renting at the time. I didn't know anything about I I had renter's insurance, but oh, it was very good. It's it was, rare. It's rare. Yeah. But it was this much compared to I just because we didn't have the conversations. Right. We didn't know. And so if if, if uh, people, if our listeners like even take a couple of the things that just a little practical nuggets that you just gave us mm -hmm. and just have set. Well, that's one of the things I've been, so all, all over the country this last year, I've been uh, doing this this quest book and in churches speaking, what's been really neat is getting all the emails from families that actually sat down and did it together as a family. I mean, I did it with my four kids and that's not child abuse. Uh, <laughs> we actually took a different night and yeah. my four kids, we read each chapter together and then we talked about it. Wow. And it's so neat that, you know, got to hear them thinking through things that, you know, they're, they're young, they're still not into college, but I think we're getting them on the good road right now. So, wow. So what advice, uh, parenting wise, 
you know, with, um, you know, say little kids, you know, mm-hmm. five to 10, 12, right in that, you know, any, any practical yeah. yeah, communication things you should be having with your kids. Definitely. So in the book, I talk in the fifth chapter about planning, you know, leaving your legacy to your kids. And I think that's an area that you can really uh, help a lot. So one of the things I do is when our kids turn um, 12 years old, we actually put money every month into a, a Bluebird account for them, uh, and it's tied to their age, and then they have to start paying for certain things. If we go out to a restaurant and, and uh, we're sitting down, they, if they want a Coke, they have to buy the Coke actually with their own money. Wow. And then yeah. they have to get, if they're getting their hair done or haircut or something, they have to pay for that on their own. And so it's teaching them budgeting at a very young age. Wow. And so that's helpful. I feel really good about all my kids, where they're going to be as they get to college, been pr- preparing for that. Second thing I really am a big fan is helping them buy their first ever stock. So at age 13, I buy them each their own stock, set them up with a, a, wow. a custodial account at Schwab, and I yep. buy it for them. And what's so fun, like my son, he's a junior in high school now, and it's really got him like, whoa, look, this is going up. And he's like, I'm making money. And it's so now he wants to buy more. And so getting him yep. involved in that. And then I think the area we really need to teach that next generation is giving. Mm. And so um, I make a big deal with each of my kids when they get that first real job that's got a W-2, um, where they actually write the first check goes to the church that they ever make. It's the first check they're ever going to write. Wow. And I actually have the pastor even come pray with them, uh. take a picture of it to kind of memorialize that. Because to me, that's a, a big thing that I want them to do for the wow. rest of their lives. Wow. Boy, that's fantastic. Well, speaking of the giving end, you know, for many, it's just such a crazy concept. How can I get ahead financially if I'm giving to God and the church, you know, off the bat? So just kind of walk us through what does happen through that process when we, we surrender, you know, that first part. Yeah, it's one of the few times in Scripture God says, test me in this, see if I don't throw right. open the floodgates of heaven. And uh, I can tell you personally, I've experienced, and I uh, I get to lead a ministry that uh, we have thousands of people that partner with us and hundreds of thousands of people that attend our churches, and I hear it constantly. The givers are the happiest people, Wow! and, and God has blessed so many of them with just incredible stories. And it makes sense, I mean, that God's going to want to do that. Now, is that always going to be the case? No, it's not always going to be the case. But, boy, it's sometimes it's in relationships. It's not just financial is the benefit. So yeah. uh, it's really neat to see that. So we didn't talk about this, so I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball here. But uh, as, a, as I was a pastor for many years, one of the toughest situations that would come up with communication is if one spouse was a follower of Jesus and one spouse wasn't. And to have the conversation about giving, like, boy, that is a that is a tough communication piece. It really to is to figure out. Yeah, sometimes the best thing in those situations is, you know, you take the lower of the two numbers yeah. of what they're willing to do. Yeah. Or sometimes the, what the one spouse would do is, well, if you want to earn some other money and you want to give it away, that's your own thing. Yeah. And uh, and you know, there's been some pretty neat stories I've seen in the yeah. years of that taking place. Oh, that's incredible. Well, switching uh, for a second. So if if someone's listening and they lead an organization, whether profit or nonprofit, how is important? How important is it, you know, to communicate or to have some system or means to communicate with your, you know, your staff, your team members, or if you're a nonprofit, you know, yes. the people who are giving to your organization? I think it's critical. So what we do at our ministry is. Uh, and we're a financial ministry, so we have a dashboard and uh, we send it out quarterly. 
It's got three color-coded possibilities on it with 10 different ratios Mm. that are most important to our organization. I think every organization needs to figure out what are the key indicators for them. And so I like to make it fun, and I like to make it in a way that's very clear. And so ours has a green smiley face when that ratio is in our target, yellow if at some point during the quarter was outside our target, or it's just a little bit below target. And then if it's way outside of our target, it's a a red unhappy face. And so I've had my board members come into my meeting and they say, wow, we, you know, we only do two board meetings a year. And I feel they get that package one week prior. And they say, Darren, I feel like I understand more about what's happening at CFR than I do my own church where I'm in an elder meeting that we meet constantly. But because I've got that color coded and we even do that with all of our policies at CFR are color coded like that too. So everybody kind of, and we have a record that way of everything that's ever happened. So I think for any business leader or ministry leader, figuring out what those metrics are and you may evolve over time, but then having a color coded format where everybody kind of can see, are we, are we winning or are not is a very helpful thing. Well, I heard somebody say it recently. uh, Clarity is kindness. Mm -hmm. Clarity when you when you don't communicate those important numbers, everybody's just left to wonder. And you know what happens when they wonder? They talk to somebody else and they talk to somebody else, and nobody knows what's going on. And if you're just up front with all of that and communicate it, I, I've heard it so many times. Uh, you know, people would say, "Well, I'm not going to give money to the church because I don't know where the money goes," or "I'm not going to give the nap- that nonprofit because I don't know what it goes." I mean, how important is it for churches, nonprofits, you know, to be be transparent. Be that transparent. Is, I would tell you that's the, you know, we get to see a lot of demographic research on givers because of all the givers that yep. we have to our partner ministries. And that's the future. People want to see transparency. And so, you know, they don't need to see all the, the detail, right. uh, but they need to see some high level where are we at as an organization. Um, people don't like to give to a sinking ship. Right. But, but. You can, you can play that card usually once, but you can't continually play that card. Yeah. And that, that's not a, a, a way to be successful in any organization. So I right. think it's very helpful if you can put it in formats that's very understandable, uh, but transparent too. Yeah. Do, do you have any uh, tips or advice you know, for people who are looking to give to nonprofits? And so these are like you know, good, good characteristics of an organization that, that would you know, be a, a good sign to give to. Yeah, I think, well, that's one is transparency, because uh, sometimes I I wish I could tell you that every nonprofit is a plus in that, but as someone that's been doing this for so many years, that is not the case. And so, so you want to see that transparency uh, of the financial situation. Um, uh, Yeah. And I, I think that's the first thing. If you're looking at a parachurch nonprofit or, or just another charity, you can go on to like GuideStar hmm. and you can actually do research. And then some of them will even have ratings of some of the nonprofits okay. of like how much do they spend on expenses and things like that. So that doesn't work for some nonprofits, but that is a, a place if you want to do a little further research. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I worked uh, for a church years ago where once a quarter, you know, the senior pastor just, it was a real simple thing, but he said, this is how much money has been given. This is how much money is spent. You know, here's where we're at, yep. you know, and it just, it, it just solves so many communication problems because, I mean, I, I can just imagine the leaders who are a little less transparent with it, the emails that they get, and they're That's constantly right. probably dealing because people are, are pretty passionate about yeah. finances yep. <laughs> and money and those mm-hmm. kind of things. That would be, uh, yeah, that'd be incredible. 
Uh, are there any uh, great resources that come to your mind just as we kind of wrap up our conversation, you know, for personal financial health, you know, places that you would recommend, you know, send people to to say, yeah. hey, really check these out? Yeah. So I'd encourage everybody to read the book, uh, The Quest. Uh, and in there, um, you're going to hear about saving, about debt, about investing, about planning. One of the, one of the areas I talk to people, it's really a passion for me is helping people to give more tax efficiently. Mm. A lot of people make the mistake of giving from their checking account. Most people do that. The reality is that's not the best way for many families to give. You should always be giving appreciated assets like stock. Mm. If you have those, um, instead of giving out of your checking account. And the reason for that is because when you have an appreciated asset, like a stock you buy that has went up in value, if you transfer that into a giving fund, you never had to pay capital gains on all those gains that you made. Wow. If you still like that stock, you can take the money you were about to give your charity. You can go back and buy the stock at the higher price. And now if you ever sell the stock, you're only paying it from that point forward. Yeah. So that is a great technique for people to use. I, I Giving funds, their donor-advised funds, they're something that a lot of families I find as I travel the country, they have not heard about those. Hmm. Uh, if they want to get more information, then go to our website at cfrministry.org, and they can learn about those. But it is an incredible tool to be able to do all your charitable giving. Wow. Boy, that's just fantastic to be able to do that. Well, this has been – I mean, I know this was kind of like a – you know a. Uh, a water, not a water hose, but a, oh, what is it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to lost Fire hydrant. Speaking, there fire, you go. fire hydrant. hydrant. You just All gave right. us so many great, you know, so much great financial advice and communication advice with it. And I mean, the stress load that people are carrying, you know, can be uh, lightened. That's right. If we, you know, really are intentional and focus on this. Exactly. It's just amazing. Well, hey, before we let you go, I uh, just thought we'd do a little bit of some rapid fire questions so our, our listeners can kind of keep getting to know you. But uh, what's your favorite financial health book? Like, do you have like a, a favorite that you go to? Yeah. Well, my favorite, my favorite finance book of all time is a small little book called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. Randy Alcorn. I love that book. I've given out thousands of copies of that yep. book because I think it's what matters. It's not living for the dot. It's living for the line of eternity. And right. so it's a simple little book, but uh, he's got a bigger book called Money, Possessions, and Eternity that's good, too. But I really like that Treasure Principle book. That's a great one. Uh, uh, do you have a favorite go-to podcast that you really Yeah, enjoy? so I listen to uh, Carrie Newoff. I listen to Craig Groeschel um, and uh, Clark Howard. There are three for me in, in, in my world. Okay. So, uh, maybe, oh, oh, maybe a question that's you know going to put people at odds, but would you rather Chick-fil-A or PDQ? So I actually like both and eat it both regularly. Uh, I guess I'm a good politician here, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I would say I eat at Chick-fil-A the most being on the road because PDQ is not as much. I actually right. like PDQ though. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, Darren, uh, just so, and we'll put all the stuff in the show notes, but where can people find you, more information about what you do, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, go to cfrministry.org and uh, you can uh, email me at Darren at cfrministry.org. Uh, see me on social media too there at Facebook and things. Fantastic. So. Where can they pick up the quest? Yeah. So they can get the quest to go uh, to Amazon or any other place that you want to get it. Uh, I haven't recorded an audio book. I keep debating whether to do that. So right now it's still just in printed form. Okay. Uh, if I, ha if I, if I get a vote, yes, you should. Cause there are a lot of people who listen to it, but, yeah. but, uh, and we'd love to give one away on the podcast as well. So follow us on social media and uh, it's just an absolutely fantastic book. Well, Darren, thank you so much for this time. 
and really look forward to, you know, what's going to come and the, the, the conversations that are going to help people through this. Well, thank thanks you. for having me and thanks for all you're doing, Jason, uh, helping people improve Absolutely. in their communication. Well, thank you. Well, thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast. Uh, just a couple of, you know, announcements before we leave. Hey, if your organization is struggling with communication, one of the things that Speak With People does is we do a healthy communication assessment. So you're able to know exactly where your your people, your staff team are when it comes to them being able to really communicate freely. And so we come alongside of you and teach some principles so they can speak with and not at each other. So if you're interested in that, uh, just email Jason at uh, speakwithpeople.com or go to speakwithpeople.com and we'd love to get you more information about that. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast. Every single review, every download uh, just means the world. Again, this podcast exists because we believe healthy communication is oxygen for relationships and when you grab hold of that, your world really will be better. Thanks again and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks.